What's up, guys? Welcome to Movie Morning, episode 32. And today we're going to be talking about The Flash. Yeah, so today we're going to be start, we're going to stop and rank all five seasons of The Flash from the worst to the best, coinciding with the Comic-Con trailer of season six, which has just come out, which I wasn't all too impressed by. But of course, with all these seasons, I'm going to go in with high hopes and hoping that it will be good and will live up to the hype. All right, now we're going to move on to number five. And number five for me is 100% season three. This is the one which is I find the least enjoyment in, and it's the one that I'm going to go back to the least amount of times. Because first off, let's talk about Savitar and how dark the season gets. Savitar, although in concept, he is a cool villain, I guess, and how he looks, of course, is going to be appealing. His voice, he sounds menacing, but... The characterization of him and the way his identity is revealed to be the future version of this brooding Barry is so... It's just like the season in general is so dark. It's brooding. Barry's brooding all the time. Cisco's brooding all the time. All the characters never feel that sense of fun that I, that I do with the other seasons. Like, for example, the Flashpoint storyline is so... Like, first of all, the Iris plot of her, like, just gonna, about to bury going to the future and seeing her dying at his future self's hand, of course, he didn't know that at the time, makes absolutely no sense. There's no way any version of Barry would want to kill Iris, no matter how powerful he would get. That's what I've always seen at. There's no way any version of Barry, he's loved Iris since he was, what, eight years old, he's grown up with her. And there's no way any version of that character would want to kill Iris. No matter how dark he may get in the future, there's no way he'll never, ever bring any harm to Iris. And execution of HR Switch was so badly done. One of the worst things they've ever done on this show. Worst plot points ever. And, of course, the Flashpoint storyline. This this story isn't really... This season isn't really Flashpoint. It's consequences of Flashpoint and what it made happen and that although you on paper would be like okay that doesn't look that bad the way they executed on scene which on screen which only having one flashpoint episode was the dumbest decision i have seen on this entire show making they could have at least gotten half a season out at least they should have gotten half a season and maybe as a mid-season cliffhanger was him you know being sent to the future and then seeing i then seeing iris die and then maybe him going back to his normal time and resetting although it didn't change anything that could have been what could happen that would have been a great cliffhanger in my opinion they still wanted to do that stupid iris thing and if they had actually killed iris i would have applauded the writers because they did something bold although but i still think if they did that they would have brought her back in later seasons there's no difference however i have to give some this story this season some credit that it's nowhere near as low as some of the other Arrowverse shows get in the worst seasons, like Legends or Supergirl or even Arrow at points. The worst season of this show is probably the best out of the worst out of the worst seasons for each show by far to an, to an extent. And it did keep me interested in who Savitar was, although they stretched it out for way too long. And with that, we didn't get enough time to develop Future Barry, the time remnant of Future Barry, which, by the way. I still don't get And the finale is so disappointing, the way it's handled. And this could have been a great season. If they had done Flashpoint properly and they took out that Iris plotline, done something else, 
this season could have easily been the best season, in my opinion. While this season, so at the end of the day, this season does have some great potential. It doesn't live up to it, unfortunately. That's why I'm going to have to give this season a 5 out of 10. Which, again, is only, is for me, this season is just mediocre, in my opinion. So that's it for, so that's my number 5. Number 4 for me is season 4. Now, in the end, I feel like this, this season, I almost said movie, is, has the same amount of problems as season three for the most part. It does I think it does scale down the issues and plot holes a little, but there are still some very noticeable ones. But the reason that I really have this one above season three is that it really did bring back the fun of this show that we kind of felt in the first couple seasons that season three really lost. And this is a season that I think I'll go back to much more times in season three because it's so much more fun and it's so much easier to handle. And I can just go back to season whenever I want. And it does get very, very campy and corny at times, but I think it fit with what they were going this season. The idea of this thinker is very, very cheesy, and the way they did the body swap and all that wasn't great. We'll get into that later. But there, this, this season was a lot more episodic, but it did lead into the villain and did tie into the villain's plans, which is why I didn't mind it as much, but I do normally really do get annoyed when they go too far in the, into the episodic route. If it's the first season, I totally understand, but when you're four seasons in, it's a little hard to do, but the way they tied it into the thinker's plan was actually a good way to do it with the bus metas and things. So I was fine with how they did this season for the most part with, to do with the villain. But on the villain side, the thinker... Well, first of all, the CGI of his, like, hat, like where he stays, like, in that... What was it, like a inner dimension or something i can't remember pocket dimension where he was the cgi was actually quite bad at parts it looked really weird for the most part but there are some episodes which actually have cool cgi not great cgi but they look cool so you can kind of get over it. like enter flash time that episode is one of the best flash episodes ever and probably the best episode of the season minus the crossover of course and on that, the crossover for the season is one of the best the Arrowverse has ever done. The interconnection with the other with the other parts where this part crossover for me is the most connected, feels the most movie like out of any of them. It's so it feels so cinematic the way they did it, and that's what I love about the season's crossover. And the, yeah, the CGI in the, with the thinker and his his costume, everything was so over the top, and I thought that. The CGI was pretty bad at a lot of parts, not just the thinker's lair, a lot of other stuff. But of course, this season did introduce, well, when we get on, before we get on to the new character, the body swap they did with DeVoe and also the performance, well, first of all, I think that Neil Sandilands, I think is his name, did a good job as Clifford DeVoe, but when they started doing the body swap and we got to do like the different characters in, whether it was, I don't know, with all these characters in, it did get really bad in my opinion. Because I thought Neil Sandilands did a good job, and the way they just body swapped him out for these really average and like bland performances was a mistake in the end. If they wanted to do that, they should have got better actors in, higher class actors in. And the next next thing is that of course we have to talk about the elongated man, and he is, of course, um, Hartley Sawyer does a great job, and he's very likable. They portray him to be like as a douchebag at the start of the season. 
then he becomes this more likable character, and we really feel a connection with him, him and Barry, and the scene where he dies, I guess we could say, is very emotional, by far the, one of the best, and by maybe the best moment of the season, in my opinion. And of course, we have the trial of the Flash in the middle of the season, with Barry's trial and him being framed for murder, and I really like that storyline, especially the 10th episode, The Trial of the Flash. That's one of my favorite episodes of the season. So that's all I have for season four. And this season really did bring back the fun, which is the main reason I like it a bit more than season three. It does have have a lot of problems. I think I'll give this season either a 5.5 or 6 out of 10. I'm not decided. I think I'm going to go with a 6 out of 10. So that's it for number four. Number three for me is season five. Now, I feel like, so let's start off with, of course, the driving force of the first part of the season and pretty much the entire season. That is the Nora Allen plotline. And at first, I found Jessica, Jessica Parker Kennedy's performance and her character to be very likable, charismatic. And I really enjoyed seeing her on screen. As the season progressed, she got more... I started to notice some of the more cheesy aspects of her character. And some of the things they were doing with her character really didn't sit well with me. Like making her a villain at the end of the season. From what she was shown to be from the first couple of from the first from the first chunk of the season, it did not make sense as to why she was a villain to me at all. Despite of the negative Speed Force storyline they tried to set up with with her was which was an interesting concept, I will admit. And off that, of course, we had the reintroduction of the Reverse Flash, which we'll get into later. And first of all, Cicada, which was the main villain for the first, pretty much the second-hand villain that we thought was the main villain for this season, that is. Orlin Dwyer, when he's Cicada, is, his voice is so overcooked and silly. It's just, whenever he was on screen, I honestly felt like laughing whenever he was speaking. Like, when he was, like, in the hospital and he's just talking, it's so, so... His voice is so silly. That kind of ruined the character. His voice ruined it for me. And he honestly was not menacing at all. But then once we got the, the swap and then the, um, his, his nephew, niece, Cicada, became the villain, who Grace, Grace Dwyer became the villain, I think that's her name, it, she was a lot more enjoyable to watch. She was a lot more acrobatic and doing like some more crazy stuff, which made it better at parts, but it's still, she wasn't really a good villain. But then once Reverse Flash came in in the finale and really took over, that's when I think, and the way they were setting that up in like the last couple episodes, well, that was the highlight. That was the season at its prime for me. That's when I was enjoying it. That was the most I've ever enjoyed The Flash in a couple of years, honestly. That last chunk of the season. Since season two, in probably, in my opinion. And I missed that. Like, I was watching that, I was like, where, where's this been for the last couple of years, you know? And, and next up is that I think that I think this this season had more had me more invested in the plot line involving Cicada than and the metahuman cure and all that than any other season. The season long story of this one, the way they introduced the Reverse Flash in the hundredth episode, which is an absolute standout episode. The way they introduced him was, I took complete. I, it wasn't as surprising as I hoping it was be. It would be because some stuff got leaked a couple of weeks before that, I think. So and I saw them unfortunately, but. Yeah, so I thought the rever- introduction of Reverse Flash, and of course we have Tom Cavanaugh playing, is of course a joy to see on screen. But 
it had me the most interested in the season-long storyline in a couple of years with Cicada and how they're going to do the villain swap. The season-long plot line had me more invested for a couple of years. And with that, some of the standout episodes, whether it be the Elseworlds crossover, the season premiere, the 100th episode, and the finale, are some of the best episodes from the last couple of years of The Flash. And let's talk about that finale. And that is, in 100% for me, the best finale the show has ever produced. It was, it was emotional. It had, had me smiling at points. And it set up Crisis really well with that teaser at the end, of course, with the newspaper article, which they've been teasing since season one. Of course, changing from 2024 to 2019. Pretty much telling us a crisis is coming. Of course, we have the words from the reverse flash. See you in the next crisis. And of course, at the end, we do have Nora Allen dusting. I'm just going to call it dusting because it pretty much it looks like the Infinity War snap. So that's what I'm going to call it. And honestly, Jessica, Parker's, Jessica Parker Kennedy's acting in that scene did not sell it for me at all. The thing that really made me kind of sad in that scene, the really thing that really sold us on that part was Grant Gustin and Candace Patton, who are, of course, great actors as Barry Allen and Iris West. And their acting was high quality for a TV show, and it's so good that they have someone that good on the TV show. And I think this season brought out some of Grant Gustin's strongest performances out of the entire show. He's so perfect for the role. Honestly, I couldn't imagine, like, any other person at this point if it wasn't him playing it. So, that's, I haven't got much else to say about the season except that a negative I ha- another negative I have is that just like season four, it can get really cheesy at parts. Some of the power sets and things are so over the top. But it works with some of the, se- some of the latter season's tone. So, I'm going to let it off. But overall, I think I, did, I give this season a solid enough. Seven out of ten, I think. I enjoyed it a lot more than the last couple seasons, so I can't be too hard on it, honestly. So that's where I, that's my number three. Number two for me is season two. And before I talk about it more, I just want to say that my gap between my number two, which is season two, and my number one, which I think you all know, is a little bigger than I think most people's is because this is where some of the future problems with the show kind of started for me. That kind of bothers me, but anyway, when we pass it, let's talk about season two. First up, some of the issues that I thought that some of the characters can act really dumb and out of characters and character and parts, which bothers me when that happens. So I don't know, that's just me. Whenever characters just act dumb, I just go like, well, why didn't you do this instead? And another problem that I have, which will run in the future seasons, is still happening today is that the team at this point is where it starts growing and growing and growing. We have Wally now. Iris is on the team. Harry's in, even though Wells left. Joe at this point is practically on the team. So this is where one of these, this is where this particular problem started. So, and that's one of the problems I have with season five, especially this team is way too big at this point. Anyway, let's move on. Another thing I have, is, now let's get on to the stuff that I actually really like about this, this um, season. That is, this is where the show really kicked into high gear and had all the gears just running, just fully charged and just speeding to victory. Because the show, everything about the first season that was amazing, they really did, for me, amped it up a little. But again, had a little more flaws than season one that held it back, which is why I have this one lower than season one, which you guys should have figured out by now. 
And, of course, this season is very funny with the introduction of Harry Wells, who is by far the best version of Wells, better than season one Wells, in my opinion, better than Sherlock or however you say his name, better than HR, better than all those Wells. But again, that also introduces the way that they've been being kind of lazy by using the multiverse, with introducing all these Wells with multiverse, which is, in my, in my opinion, a very lazy way to go with things. But then again, the introduction of the multiverse, of course, was very exciting at the time I first saw this. And it's like when we first saw time travel, and it's like, oh my god, time travel. And I'm like, oh my god, it's the multiverse. Although they don't really do it justice in the later seasons by getting a bit lazy, in my opinion. I think, I think they used it really well this season. And of course, the introduction of Zoom, who is very, very menacing. I love his voice. He's very, very intimidating to Barry. And of course, that, that fight scene in Enter Zoom, still one of the best scenes in the entire show. When he broke Barry's back, it was, it was a hard-hitting moment. And that's one of the th- moments in the show that I think we'll look back on as one of the greatest moments in the Hourverse. One that I think none of us will ever forget, honestly. And, of course, we get to go to Earth 2, which those two episodes are. They stand out of the season to me. Not the best episodes, but those, that mini-arc was the highlight for me of the season. The way they integrated the multiverse, of course. All the things that happened there. Meeting your doppelgangers, how fun that could get. That was awesome, in my opinion. And, of course, Jay Garrick being introduced. He was a good character. I thought that Teddy Sears, I think, who plays him, did a very, very solid job playing him. And, yeah, that's pretty much what I have with season two. But, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I almost forgot. The cliffhanger, which is, of course, Flashpoint. Wow. Like, I did not see that coming at all at that point. Like, when, of course, he lost his dad, when he started talking to Iris, I'm like, okay, Barry, are you going to do the thing? It's like, then Barry was like, yeah, I'm going full speed ahead. And the cliffhanger was, although the next season didn't pay off this cliffhanger well at all, this cliffhanger was a great cliffhanger that really made me excited for the next season. You had no idea how excited I was for The Flash season three. It was beyond anything I've ever been excited for. Except Marvel movies. I mean, anything on TV. So that's, it I ha- that's, what, that's all I have for The Flash Season 2, which is at number 2. And I'm going to give this season a 9 out of 10. Really could have been better if they just they, the team wasn't as big. So that's it for number 2. The number 1 for me is 100% Season 1. Season 1 is still to this day the best season of The Flash. And one of the best seasons in the entire Arrowverse. If not the best. And... First of all, the season is so fun, and I just go back to the season every now and again. I just find myself watching episodes from the season. And this is a season that I've gone back to the most by far, because although it's the oldest season, you'd say, well, yeah, that's all, obviously you're going to go back to this one the most. Even as the newer seasons start coming in, I still find myself watching those more, even though these ones are fresh off my mind. I maybe want to get a second glimpse at them. I've, for example, I've watched the, like, the episode where the season finale of season one fast enough, at least 10 times. There's no way I've watched it less than 10 times. And with that, also the pilot, I have also watched many times. It's one of the best episodes on the show, and I love origin stories when they're done well. And the way it was done here was great, how Barry was like kind of like telling a flashback with Oliver Queen. And we have, and we have a cameo by little Oliver Queen, which is, of course, nice. I love Oliver Queen, played by Stephen Amell. And another thing is that the dynamic between Betty, Be- Betty, 
Barry, Eddie, and Iris is great, and it's it really does triumph trump any other dynamic of like this relationship thing on the show. And there was some that brought out some really funny scenes. And of course, we also have the of course. Oh well, and also, well, first of all, I just want to say, I just want to say that unfortunately, I have to say that. The season can get cheesy, and this is the one where I find it to be the most annoying, which is why it does drag it a point for me down, a sc- well, like one scale down for me, one notch down. So that can be a little annoying. This, this season is also very episodic, which I actually like. I like when first seasons do that. Although when they start getting into like the fifth episode, it was really repetitive on how they kept repeating the same beats. Barry loses, it comes back, Barry fights him. He's, he, it looks like he's going to lose. He gets a sappy motivational speech, and then... You know, he wins, which was the formula for the first couple episodes and got old after, I think, episode three or four. So that got a little annoying, but that's pretty much all the complaints I have with this season. Grant Gustin is a perfect fit for this. He can pull off like this charming character, can be emotional, very quirky, like this nerdy guy and it works so well. He is the perfect casting for Barry Allen and he's also great as The Flash. He's better than Ezra Miller, 100%. And with that, the cast here is very charming, very fun. Tom Cavanaugh is great in this season. Carlos Valdez is great. Daniel Panabaker is great. Jesse L. Martin as Joe is great. Candace Patton is great, of course. And let's talk about Harrison Wells. Of course, he's actually Eobard Thawne, and he became Reverse Flash. I did guess he was Reverse Flash, but I wasn't really a Flash fan at the time. I sure am now, but I didn't. I knew that Eubard Thawne was the Flash's true identity, but I didn't think they were going to do that. I just thought they were just going to make Wells reverse Flash. But the way they actually integrated Eubard Thawne was, was actually, I actually really liked. As if, as a casual fan of Flash, I would say at the time, I liked that. And I knew, I definitely knew who reverse Flash was. So it was nice seeing him on screen. And when I look back at this, at this season, I just see. I just see the most episodes I go back to and the biggest standout scenes. The first time we time travel, oh my god. The time Barry reveals his identity to Iris. I was like, what? When Cisco dies? Wow. Like, the season finale when Barry, that scene with Barry and his mom. There's so many scenes that I love from this season. I don't have time to listen to them all. There's no way. I would be here for a long time. And some of the episodes are some that I'm just never, ever going to stop watching. Like the pilot, Fast Enough, the Flash vs. Arrow, one of the best episodes on the show. And there's like three or four more, which I'm never, ever going to stop watching, no matter what anyone tells me about it. So that's why for me, season one is 100% the best season of The Flash. And that's pretty much it for my ranking. I want to do one on maybe Supergirl in the next couple of days. I'm not going to do one on Arrow because... Season 8 is going to finish up very soon compared to some of the other seasons. And probably also not Legends of Tomorrow because I really don't feel like talking about that show right now. I'm not very happy with how they've gone. And watching it is something that I'm not really enjoying at the moment. So I'm going to wait till next season, next season to do that. So thank you for listening. Hope you have a good day and bye-bye.